spoiler warning, the following is an in-depth analysis. If you haven't seen this film, you might want to before watching this review. Hello everyone, welcome to Superhero Rewind, I'm Captain Logan. And I'm Vince. Uh, Vince is joining me today to talk about Punisher Warzone. Uh, we're doing an off-the-cuff review. Uh, we did this with the uh, Thomas Jane Punisher film, in case you missed that. This is an unusual format for this show, uh, but we're going uh, to kind of do this unscripted, and uh, we just watched it, and we're going to talk about it. Let's get into it, shall we, Vince? Indeed. So um, my my first reaction when I when I when I got through this this movie was I don't know if I was supposed to be laughing as much as I was. I, I think the the idea is that it was supposed to be funny and that there were things that they were supposed to be serious, but they couldn't find a way to reconcile those two parts of the movies with or parts of the movie with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. It, it was asking itself to be taken seriously. I seem to say this a lot with these kind of films where um, where it's the the emphasis is so much on the action and uh, so much on the violence and and I and I would say that in this case it was violence for the sake of violence yeah. um and and also gross for the sake of gross etc cetera, etc cetera. um it was trying to be you know it was trying to be hard hardcore and i think that it it thought that it was offsetting that by having a lot of humor and kind of disturbing humor but then you know you know the the, the punisher played it straight nobody else did Exactly. You see, that's the thing is that I think I think the Punisher and uh, Wayne Knight's character Microchip really had it down pat as to what the movie was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You had the Punisher and Microchip; uh, they played it straight, and that's that's where the humor comes from. It comes from these very straight-laced characters in this sort of over-the-top universe, and that's where a lot of the humor comes from. There's a particular scene where uh, an, an agent, an FBI agent, Budiansky says, uh, well, now we have to find a way to get this guy to the precinct or, or something to that effect. He wants to arrest him, and the Punisher just shoots them while Budiansky is talking. And, uh, see, that's where the humor comes from. There's, there is dark humor. Granted, me telling you this isn't particularly funny, but uh, right. <laughs> that's where the humor comes yeah, from. Yeah, you have to be there. <laughs> yeah, he shot the guy. That was hilarious. Yeah, it was, it was great. You remember the part where there's the guy with shards glass and it's all over? Yeah, it was hilarious. But, uh, if you look at, uh, if you look at Jigsaw, you might throw up. But if you look at Jigsaw, <laughs> no, no, you let's let's talk about that in a second, shall yeah. we? If you look at Jigsaw and uh, the character Looney Bin Jim, how ridiculous could you possibly get? How it seems to me like not just those two characters actually. I think everybody in the movie they said, "Have you ever been to New York?" Everybody said no, and they said, "Okay, I want you to think of a stereotype and then use that accent." Yeah, yeah, exactly. The motivation for doing that is somewhat sound, given the movie that they actually made. I felt like I was getting a sense of what they thought they were doing, in that we don't we want to create something that's so over the top that our violence and our gross factor is not offensive. Mm -hmm. If that, if that makes any sense, where it's where, where it's like it's it, almost to a grindhouse sort of degree, where like we can enjoy the violence because it's impossible. That's fair. There is the difference between uh, between violence that is portrayed as being realistic, i.e., realistic, which violence, this is not at all. Not and then there is of. such a thing as cartoon violence, which, if you've seen a movie called uh, Natural Born Killers, uh, that's a perfect example. You have a universe in which this type of violence is welcome. I think Sin City has that too. Uh, yeah, I would say you know Sin City is a good example of uh, of, a, of a parody of action films in some ways. It's. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's a parody of the old Mike Hammer stuff from back in the 50s. You have a detective, he's hard-boiled, and the stuff he's doing is not realistic. Well, I guess in this case he's not as he's not as much of a revenge killer 
anymore because we're we're, we're away now from yeah. from the he people who killed his family. Now he just has a cause, mm-hmm. and then that all that was in his background, and that's what led him to it. But I, I, guess, I guess I guess the thing is. He didn't mesh with his villains. It, it being in the superhero vein of of of, uh, of movies, whether he's a superhero or not, you want your your hero and your villain to to have a pretty good yin yang kind of thing. And these people felt like they were in the not even the same universe. Now I, I'm okay with the villain being over the top. Mm-hmm. With like the Joker and the Dark Knight, you have a very theatrical kind of villain. He is yeah. he is over the top, but he understands the world that he lives in. You know, to some extent, I think that uh, when you have a character with a face who's been mashed up in some way, or somebody who is physically altered where their appearance is displeasing, they, uh, i.e., disfigured in some way. Yeah, they're disfigured. I mean, you have the Joker, you have uh, Two Face from, uh, you know, from Batman Forever, and then you have Jigsaw, and people like these people. They, it's like they think that they have to be the Joker in some way, that they have to be the exact opposite of their character. So. Well, I'm not saying that Jigsaw has to be the opposite of the Punisher. I, I, no, I just, I, and I don't say that's what I'm not saying what you're saying. Okay, I think okay. that the filmmakers think, oh, he has to be the exact opposite. I see what you mean. So if yeah. the Punisher plays it straight, then He's Jigsaw be has to be and we have silly to, and obnoxious. Yeah, it's like we have to cast Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck to be <laughs> to be Jigsaw and Looney Ben Jim. I felt like we kind of had that, yeah. And what's and what's very interesting about that is that is that both both the Punisher and um, and Microchip border on likable. Mm-hmm. They border on it. The problem is that we don't spend nearly enough time with them. Exactly. If we would have, I don't know them. I don't know these people. If we would have taken some time, like how perfect is it? You have microchip. You have somebody who can uh, direct the Punisher for us. You have somebody oh, absolutely, yeah. who uh, he's, the the in, he's the in for the audience. He seems like a regular guy, so I can understand yeah. that guy in a way that I can't understand the Punisher because the, the be, be, because because the Punisher is an extreme archetype. You see, the Punisher spent so much time isolated, which I suppose is part of the reason that he's so crazy. Sure. But uh, you have, especially in the comics, you have Microchip, who is a major part. They spend a lot of time together. They, they are not just two guys that happen to want to hunt down criminals. They are partners in ways. You have mm-hmm. a guy who takes care of all of the you know, weapon making, and he takes care of, and obviously he does that in the movie. He takes sure. uh, he takes care of all of the uh, computer stuff, and then the Punisher is the guy that does the wet work essentially. So you have essential interaction that happens between these two people, and it is entirely absent from the movie. It's entirely, yeah. I, I don't know what their relationship is. Exactly. All, the only thing that they show us is that uh, they apparently know each other very well, enough for Microchip to know where the Punisher, you know, his base of operations is, and to walk in freely without the Punisher's okay. This is a very different relationship, but what I wanted was it j- just just in the sense of like like how close these men seem to be together and and, and give a give us some 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 interaction with the I wanted it to be somewhat similar to, to Blade and Whistler like that's what I was looking for you see that's kind of what it is the difference between uh, Blade except that Whistler is a father figure exactly and you don't and, and and of course you don't have that with 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 with, with Microchip you see with uh, with Microchip in the comics specifically uh, Microchip is a guy who. He is almost under tutelage of the Punisher initially. He is he is the guy who has not had as much experience in this field. He's just really smart, and he can find his way around. 
And uh, he's not a character I know that well. Um, I've only seen him in a few things, so I always saw him more as like the behind the scenes tech guy. It's it's exactly what he okay. is. Okay, so uh, he does a little bit of wet work, but uh, he's sort of I would say more like uh, morally under the tutelage of the Punisher, and he's also the guy that uh, you know that's the way it starts. He says, "Okay, I'm here to help out the Punisher," mm-hmm. and as, uh, as but time, not like someday he's going to become the Punisher. No, or anything no, like that. not at all. As time goes by, he starts to you know become his own man, become comfortable around the Punisher and says, and, and that's the guy that we see in the movie. He says, this is a person who I need to help keep from going over the edge. And I like that, that this is uh, a relationship that's been going on for a while. I, I like that I like that the, 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 the Punisher is well, well established and that we don't even we don't even border on origin. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a sequel to the 2005 or the 2004 movie, but I mean, like, we've, we've been there and done that recently in a film, so now we've got a very established Punisher. Mm-hmm. A part of the problem that I have with, with this Punisher is the, uh, the first plot point in the film is uh, when the Punisher accidentally kills an undercover uh, cop. And, and, and that propels his entire uh, story arc. And, and exactly. That's, that's what this whole movie's about. Which, that's a cool thing to figure out. Yeah. What would the Punisher do if he accidentally killed a cop? Sure. And, and, I, and I felt like it wasn't nearly explored enough. Yeah. The thing about all they really did was have him mope about it for a while, mm-hmm. try to give money to, uh, to, his wife, to, the, to the dead cop's wife, and then kill a bunch of people, and suddenly it's okay with everybody that he's done this. It's okay. he he's apparently reconciled it within himself because he's killed a bunch of criminals. I didn't really care for uh, the Punisher's relationship with uh, the dead cop's wife at all. Yeah. Also, Julie Benz was wasted in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 it could have been anybody, and I and, and just like everybody else, her, her fake New York accent was really bad. What you had with with him and her was was um I I hate you know you know you know I hate you for killing my husband and. And they have that, and then they have the moment where she thinks about killing him, and then it's so melodramatic, where it's like because the Punisher uh, uh, acted as though he was okay with her killing him, that made it all okay. Yeah, you see, I think part of the deal is is that uh, because the Punisher saves her in the end, which big spoiler warning, of course he's going to save her right, in the end. Right. But we don't worry the, about spoiler warnings. <laughs> but uh, because the Punisher saves her in the end, she suddenly feels that. Everything he does is justified. Mass murder is justified as long as the Punisher does it. That's kind of how I felt about it too. Yeah, I would have felt that the character was that her character was more real had it been uh, more of uh, of, a, of a thing where like she still hated him, but she kind of understood. Yeah, I mean, as opposed to be... the light switch, I think we saw exactly. I mean, there's this. There should be some sort of uh, progression. There's this movie is so convenient. It just happens to flip a switch and everything's okay. And uh, with the Punisher, I just I don't believe that this is how things would work out. And uh, I think things would have been less dr- melodramatic had they just given a little more time. And I'm not saying that there necessarily needs to be an hour added on to this there, movie. There's a, no, but there's a lot of filler. Uh, I, I think yeah. I think that, that the film falls into the in, into the uh, same pitfall that a lot of superhero movies do. Uh, that 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 is that is unfortunately a. Um, a tradition that started with with the '89 Batman, where the <laughs> villain is given a lot more face time than than, than the hero is, yeah. and, and any time given to this villain is wasted time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the difference between him and Jack Nicholson. Right? <laughs> um, what, what, at, least what, Jackie, at least he was fun to watch. What we had with what we had with Batman was Tim Burton saying, "Well, I have a reason 
to not that I'm taking up for this. Um, mm-hmm. y- y- you know, it's I, I get the reason, but it is somewhat problematic in that film. Where we're, we want a mysterious Batman, so we don't spend much time with him because we want we want the audience distanced from him, mm-hmm. and so we spend more time with the villain because th- we got to do something. You know, you, you know what I mean. Uh, whereas whereas with this, if we wanted to put the Punisher in the background and make it about other characters, we could have. See, I think part of the deal is is that he could have been interesting. I think even some of his the, ridiculous the, the, the over villain the, or, yeah, yeah the villain. I think even some of his ridiculous over the top lines could have been taken seriously, or at least could have been appreciated for what they were, which was funny. And let's be clear, he has his moments. He has some good lines. He has his moments. The thing about it is, is that uh, the delivery is so over the top. He is so cartoony that anything that's redeeming about the dialogue, which is the only thing that's redeeming about the script. Is that uh, it takes the heat, you know it takes the uh, the the essence away of what they were trying to do. If you're trying to make chili, you wouldn't take all the tomato out of it mm-hmm. or the chili powder if that's what we're really talking about here. <laughs> but uh, that just it, it annoys me when they do that to a movie. They take the, the the wind from beneath the wings of the only thing that's keeping the sail up. If I may mix my metaphors, I I I, have, I completely <laughs> agree with your mixed metaphor, Vince. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted, as I always say, I wanted to uh, spend more time getting to know the, uh, the 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 actual protagonist because I felt like the performance was excellent. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, you said this earlier, while, again, while we were watching it, that, um, that all the ingredients were in place. Yeah, uh, to, to 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 make to, to make a to make a great film. Like um, they even had all, even the script had all the essential things that needed to be there. They they just didn't use it well. They didn't place things in the right spot. No, and and it was and it was entirely uneven. Which characters got screen time when was really uneven. Far too much time was spent on uh, just over the top violence for the sake of violence kind of action, and a lot of you know really really gross and and, and um, disturbing things that I could have done without. Which I'll admit I was okay with. I mean, that's the one thing that people didn't really... Uh, it's not the one thing, but a lot of people complained that the the uh, 2004 Punisher didn't have enough of that crazy violence that you see in the comics. But it wasn't always there. The crazy violence was not necessarily in comics that predated Garth Ennis' Punisher. I'm going to be honest with you, I looked away from the screen far more times in the 2004 one than I did in this one. Um, this yeah. one showed everything, but it wasn't realistic to me. It was mm-hmm. It was so stylized. And uh, I don't know if they were going for stylized, but that's what it looked like to me. Part of it was yeah. that the color palette was very bright. It was very bright, yeah. chipper comic book. And not chipper, that's not the right word for well, it. Well, yeah. But, but, lots and, of greens, and, and, and lots I, of neon. And I loved that. I thought, I thought it looked great. Like, there, there did, are did, you, did you like that? The cinematography in this movie is fantastic. It's excellent. Uh, but I mean, like, the like color the, palette is The beautiful. Punisher with pastels, that's pretty cool. See, that's the thing, is that you really feel like you're looking at a comic book when you watch this movie. I think so, too. That's the one thing that they really nailed. And uh, I think that's entirely okay. I mean, I think there's so many people that are trying to get away from that comic book feel when they make a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. It has to be uber-realistic. No, it doesn't. It's, it can be what Punisher Warzone set out to be. It can... Yeah, but, unfortunately, there still just isn't enough of a suspension of disbelief where, I, where, I'm, mm-hmm. where, where I'm soaked up in the universe. I, 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 do, I do still... still I'm, I'm reminded all the time that I'm watching a movie. Yeah. You know, here's the deal. Whenever the Punisher opens his mouth, you look at your watch. Whenever Jigsaw walks out of anywhere that he happens to be, you look at your watch. Yeah, that's right. And uh, because you just you get tired of watching, like, oh man, can't we just see him shoot some more people? That was the only redeeming thing that you guys are doing. And 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 again, they they really knew what they were doing visually. Um, yeah. And and I mean, like like the like the 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 practical effects. Excuse me. 
um, the, the choreographed gun sequences and all that kind of stuff. Um, it all looked great. Uh, you and I both cracked up really hard when um, the Punisher takes out a guy with a rocket. Yeah, <laughs> he, he flips off a roof, and, guy, and we're, we're sitting there going, "These these guys, these, these henchmen guys, are like like these, these guys are idiots. They're just like flipping around, jumping around on roofs. What are they doing? And they like they think that they're all like like awesome and scary, and they're all going woo, and it's just ridiculous. And then all of a sudden, just one's in midair flipping, and he just blows up. It was <laughs> hilarious. See, the interesting thing and about if it had that. been a better movie, I I would have I would have enjoyed those sorts of things more. You know. Which I was cool okay with stuff it. like that. It was really funny. They have these like extreme kids who do uh, parkour. You know, they they yeah. run around and, and they do backflips off of stuff. And it's it's when you see that ha- start to happen in the movie, you immediately kind of cringe, going, "Oh my god, they're not going to be a big part of this, are they? Please don't let them be a big part of this." And then when it comes to their essential part of the film, they just die. <laughs> and the Punisher almost smirks at them when he looks like. Really? <laughs> you thought you were gonna get away just by jumping around? I have guns. <laughs> I, I think uh, be- be- before we finish up, uh, we-, we should uh, maybe mention a couple of plot holes real quick. Yeah. Um, because you 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 had a couple big ones. Um, all throughout uh, my my big one real quick that we didn't even talk about earlier. Mm-hmm. We were laughing a little bit uh, while we- while we were watching the movie um, at the whole the-, the the whole bit of you know Jigsaw gets his face kind of fixed. But he's not. But he's not. He's not able to get it done totally, and uh, and then one of his henchmen throws up because he looks so bad. But no one else in the movie throws up. Everybody else apparently has a strong constitution. Yeah, I thought that was really strange. Stranger than that, though, is that there's a line where um, Jigsaw says that he has everyone in his pocket. Everybody. Everybody. You know. You know. Like. Like. He. Like. He's got. Like. He's got. Um. A lot of people in. In the. In. In the city. Like wrapped around his fingers. And I'm like, okay. Well, if that's true, then why can't you get a better face job? Yeah. I don't really understand that. I'm like, if he's got all these different people in his pocket, it seems like it would be easier for him to find a good surgeon. I don't know. That's just. And if that's true, why does he have to make a deal with the feds? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if, and if that's true, why can't he get anybody that he wants to fight for him? I think one of the biggest problems in the movie is that uh, the Punisher is... Excuse me, a Jigsaw leaves a note for the Punisher and says, We're going to be at the Bradstreet Hotel. And uh, then they go to the Bradstreet Hotel, turn on the power, because apparently the power for the entire building was off, and they say, okay, we're going to turn on the power to this condemned building, and now we're going to go amass our army to fight the Punisher. So the Punisher goes home to, to his lair, I guess you can call it home, and he sees, he sees this note, and instead of going to the Bradstreet Hotel and prepare, you know, preparing for war and going, he goes to church, and he sits around for a while. And uh, he waits for the hotel to get filled with bad guys, and then he goes. Here's the deal. I understand that they're trying to make the Punisher have a big climactic fight scene, but it's as easy as them not leaving a note, not alerting the Punisher, and getting the place filled with bad guys. If they did what they did in the movie, which is incredibly stupid, if you're a villain, I recommend you're... I'm going to tell you you're going to lose. So if, if you do what the Punisher should have done, he would have gone to the building, set up a bunch of charges, and then just set them off one by one and made his way up the building before anybody even got there. And frankly, he could have just got there, killed Lodi Ben Jim, <laughs> and <Frankly>. picked him. <laughs> he could have just went there, killed Lodi Ben Jim, and then picked up his two guys, or the, the you know the people they have held hostage. 
Yeah, exactly. I also felt like the church thing needed to be set up earlier in the film. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's really kind of overwhelming that all of a sudden the Punisher is at church. Because, again, we don't know enough about him. We just don't, we just don't spend any time with him. And we don't know much more than, than just, frankly, his origin, you know? It's, yeah. it's, like, it's like, okay, so his family got killed, and we know that that's what led him to the life that he's doing. And we, and we know that he has a conscience because he's upset because he killed a cop. And he's thinking about quitting. Because because he killed a cop. Now you had reservations about that. I think that the Punisher, I suppose the Punisher might have considered taking some time off after he killed a cop. But I don't think he would have quit. I think he would have went headfirst into it. Either that, or he would have run tail full the other direction and then found the you know he found himself in trouble and having to deal with it anyway. Mm-hmm. There is no way that the Punisher could have escaped. And the, the idea that he's just going to go quit and live a normal life. That's not going to happen. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as... And, I mean, we're saying he as as the character we knew in the comics. I mean, we should be a little bit careful because That's you, know, true. you can certainly adapt a character differently. I just feel like like whoever... Whether this is supposed to be the comic book Punisher or whether they're doing a slightly different thing with him, like they did in the 04 Punisher, he's a different character. Um, I mean, he's not he's not exactly the guy you knew in the comics. And yeah. There are different versions of the Punisher. I mean, you've always said that. The character that we have here is a guy who's at least waged a 15 to 20 year war on crime. Can he really just put down his guns and walk away? Well, and whether he can or not, would he be, like, wishy-washy about it? Exactly. He was, um, he was a soldier. He mm-hmm. went to war. He understands things like friendly fire, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what, I, what I don't get is, uh, is, is, well, I don't get that this wouldn't have happened earlier. That, that it, I mean, if, if 15 or 20 years, that this is the first time he's accidentally killed someone on the right, on the right side. Yeah. I have a tough time buying that. I mean, he's, 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 pretty, uh, he's pretty dangerous. He has a whole lot of weapons. He fires rocket launchers at people, okay? Somebody's going to get injured or, or killed. Mm-hmm. See, I think that uh, there's a cop that's undercover that gets killed. And uh, I think the Punisher would understand, here's a guy who's taking a risk. He's taking a risk that's not entirely different than what the Punisher's taking. A guy that's immersing himself into this world. Especially because the Punisher didn't do anything careless or anything. Exactly. Somebody undercover died, and for all Punisher knew, he was a bad guy. So I don't think the Punisher would lose his ability to, or lose his drive to do what he's doing. But I think the Punisher would be driven to rectify, or at least to uh, uh, compensate for the things that he's done wrong. So that's what's interesting. I like the idea that he gave the the wife a choice to kill him or not. I like that too. Because uh, mm-hmm. that says, look, I punish people who kill people that are innocent. You should. I killed a person that's innocent, and you have the choice. Sp- and, and actually, that was a decently well-written scene. Yeah, because, it just made no sense says, it was on the front porch. No, I didn't like that. And I wasn't really sure about how the little girl was handled there. Yeah. Um, but but I but I do but I did like uh, that that happened right after he said uh, or right after she said who punishes you yeah he hands her a gun and and, and without well, she had the gun I think okay I, I either way I, there I, was I, a I'm gun sorry. but there was a gun but, but <laughs> no 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 you're fine you're fine but but I mean but I mean she says who punishes you and basically without without coming out and saying it, saying it he says well you're innocent you do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I you're, perhaps you're right. You know, per, you, you know, um, I, ha- I have done a horrible thing, and, per, and, and perhaps I should be punished. And then, of course, there's all this, uh, there's all, there's all this stuff about um, how he thinks he's going to hell, and um, th- things like that. Like he, like he's too far. I wasn't sure how I felt about all of that. He seems to think that he's going to be punished in the way that he punishes other people, as opposed to I think it was Matthew seven twenty or whatever the line was. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, he thinks he's going to be punished. 
And yet, when he sees this guy who's helping him in his little crusade against the uh, against the criminals, he says, "If I see you anywhere near hell, I'm gonna that's kick your was. butt." Yeah, and uh, that's ridiculous. That makes no sense to me. You're helping me in my crusade against crime. We are killing people. Yeah, and you're innocent despite the fact that I'm guilty. So I do think the the Punisher's guilty. I think the Punisher knows that he's guilty. Mm-hmm. I think part of the deal is is the reason why he would give anybody the chance to kill him is because he knows that he's a monster. He's a monster that kills monsters. Mm-hmm. In a way, he has something in common with Blade. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I think he knows it. But the reason why he's not going to kill himself is he got past that in the first movie. He got past that in the first anything. Yep. We addressed that early on in the Punisher's life. If he's still thinking about killing himself today, that means that uh, there's a story that happened in the past that's, you know, being completely disregarded. Or something that should have happened in the past that's being disregarded. That's right. He can't be going through the same character rock every time we see him, especially if he's been active for years. So yeah. that's that's something smart that this movie did. But I agree uh, with that. at the same time, I loop that in with the wishy-washy nature of I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. So, either I'm going to kill myself or I'm not going to do this anymore. The, to me, these are two sides of the same coin. Well, let's go ahead and rate the film. I'm going to give it a 1.5 out of 4. I think that it's below average, and I think that that what it... And that's maybe, that's maybe too low. I don't know. Um, it, it's, it's, no. a, it's a tough movie to rate. The, the thing is, um, I, found, I found many, many scenes cringeworthy. Again, I thought that there was just far too much um, um, violence that was super, super over-the-top without a story that went along with that, yeah. you know? I, I, and and as, as you said, I needed, I needed more of the characters taking their world seriously, even as I was not supposed to take their words, their, their world seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you know, you know, they, they needed to, they needed to play it more straight. Uh, there were, there were a few really good ideas. It's not as good as the 2004 movie, and I found it uh, far too typical as a superhero action flick. Um, mm-hmm. You've got, you, you've, you've got the girls kidnapped at the end. Uh, you know, you know, we didn't, we didn't even talk about that stuff. But I mean, there, there were, there were a lot of uh, really typical kinds of plot points, and probably the hokiest uh, villain creation background I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you know, you know, you know, you know possibly vi- villain origin. Uh, yeah, he, he gets he gets dropped into uh, in, into into a glass processor. I, I don't I don't buy that he would even survive it. So the one point five I'm giving I'm giving it is mostly for visuals. Um, I, I, yeah. I think I think it's an excellent looking film. I think it's a very well made film. Um, I'm also I'm also giving it props for casting and for and for some performances, especially um, from uh, what's what's the guy who plays the Punisher's name? Uh, Ray Stevenson. Yeah, yeah. Also played Volstag in Thor. Especially for Ray Stevenson. Oh, is that who that is? Yeah. <laughs> wow, very different roles. Um, yeah. But but yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know you know you know for. Uh, I, I give I give uh, Ray Stevenson a lot of props for uh, for his performance. I just felt like he didn't get enough to do, mm. and and uh, the guy who played Microchip was completely wasted. Wayne Knight. Wayne yeah. Knight. Knight, and I love Wayne Knight, and he's like the priest, the spitting image of the character. He's perfect. The only thing Wayne Knight did was try to convince the Punisher not to quit. Yep, that's it. Well, what's your rating? Uh, well, given the idea that two is an average, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're rating on my scale, yeah. yeah. So I was trying to trying to use your scale. For oh, okay. This, sure. This is your show. <laughs> no, that's cool. But. Uh, I was going to give it a 1, but I guess I'll go with you and give it a 1.5. Okay. Because uh, you do make a good point. And there are things in this movie that when I first saw it, I I thought, wow, that was awful. And uh, there are things in this movie that do have redeeming qualities. 
So he felt more like comic book Punisher to me than the than, than the Thomas Jane one. Now, now 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 once again that doesn't make it a good movie. You know what I mean? Um, that's, See, that's, that's the too, thing. That's I, I I can't I don't want to be I I don't want to be fanboyish about it. Not that I'm a big Punisher fan, but I mean right. I don't I don't want to be fanboyish and be like, well, if you can even if the movie even if the story is bad, if it feels like the the actual comic book, it's a good movie. No, but on the other hand, in in, in some ways they they adapted it better. I think that people uh, tend to get a particular idea of what the Punisher is in their mind. So uh, when you have... Ray Stevenson is like uh, Garth Ennis' Punisher in some ways, and uh, I would say that Thomas Jane is like uh, some some more earlier stuff, some classic Punisher, maybe even uh, early okay, Punisher sure. Warzone, who's the guy who wrote that, I forget, Mike Barron, I guess. And that's the thing is that, I, of course, not being a big Punisher fan, I've not read enough, so he reminded me more of the ones I've read. I, I meant to say Volume 2, not, not Warzone. Anyway, for those of you who are like, Warzone? Mike Barron didn't write the first five <laughs> issues of that. <laughs> well, uh, thanks everybody for listening to Superhero Rewind, and uh, I will uh, see you again next time. Vince, thanks for joining me. Sure appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Cap. Sure, no problem. <laughs>